0: He is a media evangelist sharing Jesus with literally the entire world. He is John Helley. I'm John Bradshaw, and this is our conversation. John Helley, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Uh, we, I I've wanted, There's so much I want to ask you about reaching the world with the gospel of Jesus. That's what you do right now as the manager and director of Life Talk Radio, a global Christian radio network. Very exciting, at least for me, an old radio guy. But why don't we go back to the beginning, find out a little bit more about the, the person John Helley. You tell me where you sprang from, where you spent your early years and so forth.
1: Absolutely. Um, it's just a privilege to be here. Thank you for inviting me on the show. And uh, it's uh, it's been interesting, as you look back in time, to see where God has guided the processes.
0: I would not have imagined things being where they are today. Isn't that an it's interesting It's totally thing. amazing. Yeah, we you we, we, we had the benefit of hindsight, and you can say, oh, God was really leading. Maybe at the time, you felt like God wasn't leading. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I go back to
1: the, you know, back in my college days, um, went to Pacific Union College out in the Napa Valley. And um, as I was heading there, there was a friend who knew a friend, you know, one of these connections kind yeah. of things, and knew the manager of the local station there at PUC. And so they said, hey, would you like me to set something up? And of course, I was really a shy kid. I know it's hard to believe it now, but uh, very shy. And so uh, I was like, Radio. Oh, no, you'll just be turning some, you know, back then it was reel-to-reels. Sure. And it was uh, taking, you know, tape and then cutting it with
0: a splicer, you all these things. Does it, does you it, know, make, does it things. make you feel old? <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> a little bit. Because that wasn't that long ago, it you wasn't, know? It, it wasn't. wasn't. And technology changed just like, like that, that, you like know? That. We were dealing with tapes that you had to splice together. Suddenly, what's this new stuff they bring into the studio? Records were replaced by CDs, and CDs are old hat now. The change is being dramatic, but you go all the way back to the old days. So back to there, and uh, so I get
1: the job. I'm working there at the radio station, which was known at that time as KCDS. And uh, so I'm on the By Request show, which happened to be on Friday nights, and we're playing the the songs that the people want to hear on a Friday evening. And uh, so we had those records you know, back in those days, and so we'd have to get the turntable. Do you remember the turntables? You you have to get them a little bit backwards, and then let it spin up so, so that the it would table, keep keep your finger exactly. on the record and just let it roll so right let, so it would play good yeah. and so uh we started to realize well that's a challenge you know we need to uh you know have some more help here because we're running down hallways trying to get all this stuff and uh, so anyways it was quite an interesting beginning to just getting to know radio um but that progressed as i was through my college years started to learn more about a radio there and what really developed a passion, because I didn't go in to college going to be a broadcaster. Well, what was your intent? My intent was I wanted to do something to help somebody. I know it was very vague at that moment in time, freshman year. It's kind of I want to do something that will help somebody. No, but well, and, well. Uh, and so, you know, as I was there, I, c- I can still remember receiving the phone call from a listener in our broadcast area, and I was just a college student. I didn't have all this training that everybody has, you know, and stuff that, that are broadcasters. But I answered the phone, and the person says, I just want you to know that the song you just played, the messages you just shared, made a difference in my life. Mm. I was actually heading to commit suicide. Oh. And so as a college student, you're like, whoa. You know, and you take a moment and you're like, well, thank you so much. But it just that incident right there totally captivated how God can use media in a powerful way to connect people that I didn't know that person was out there about to commit suicide. That he would come across the radio dial and he would hear the message. And the message would be so transformational that he would actually choose to not do what he was going to do and here i was just looking at it was a job a job in college you know so that along with some other steps along the way began to change my trajectory i was taking more communication classes more you know broadcast emphasis classes and um and then uh, my girlfriend at the time tammy uh she invites me to go as a student missionary and, uh, you know, some of our colleges encourage the young people to go out as student oh, yeah. missionaries all across the world. Sure. I've got, a, I got so, a
0: nephew right now who's suffering. Well, it's, it's not exactly SM, but kind of similar. And he's, he's suffering away on Oahu <laughs> right now. <laughs> suffering, yes. Yeah, that's a tough gig. So where'd you go? So
1: I, I had a little bit of a suffering. Maybe it was more suffering than Oahu. I don't know. But uh, we were invited to go to the island of Guam.
0: No, that's a pretty good spot to that's land. A, that's you're a great place. Do, do a year's mission yes, service. Yes, exactly. Oh,
1: yeah. So, beautiful island, you know, oh, yeah. uh, uh, out in the Micronesian Islands, if you know. So, just a little sure. bit Japan, Korea, and that zone and, and territory. A few hours away from there, you have this beautiful island of Guam, U.S. territory. And so, I was asked to work with Adventist World Radio. Mm-hmm, and sure. uh, so while i'm working there i'm just working actually not with the equipment and all this stuff i'm working more in the marketing and development and pr area so each day we're receiving letters from people from china and from other places around the world and they're telling us how the messages of the gospel being presented and shared are actually transforming their lives uh they're uh how they snuck bibles into china and how they Got all these things. So it was just amazing. So again, the passion I had, I want to do something for God, make a difference in, in people's lives, started to continue that direction for me of going into the broadcast, you know, field mm, for sure. Mm, mm, mm. So, uh, long and the short of it, we're there in Guam. We finished our term that was about a year long. And so then I came back to PUC to finish off my education there. And then lo and behold, where I just come from, from Guam, says, we want to hire you to come out again to Guam and uh, run our local FM station, which today is known as Joy FM. Joy FM. FM. Joy FM. And a great friend of mine, Matt uh, uh, Dodd, who's the manager there. He's still doing a great work. Still doing a great work. Fabulous. So so it was Joy 92 back in those days, because we just had one station, 91.9. And so we were broadcasting the gospel. And when I first got there, it was mostly just classical music. Uh And so the people of the island, well, you know, some liked, but most, you know, weren't really enthusiastic about the programming. So we made a change, uh, January 1 of 1995, to change it all over to uh, Christian broadcast music programs, all designed to Help people connect with Jesus. Yeah, amen. Now you're talking. And when we did that, it was like a complete, I mean, dynamite
0: change. Now, did, did the listening audience melt down or did they light up? It totally lit up. I've, and I've, I've people, worked on radio the, stations where we changed the format before and uh uh-huh. you can get it both ways.
1: You're right, you're right. It can go the other way. But in this case it totally went. We had the supporters from not only the local churches there excited about the station, but we really had people. I would invite people, said, Hey, come let's study the Bible on a Saturday morning. Come here and join us at 9.30 and we'll just have some fun studying nice. God's Word. It'll be great. If you're in the northern part of the island or the southern part, just show up. So then the churches start calling and people, hey, we're having people just showing up here. They, they, they said they were invited by the radio and stuff. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was just so excited. We actually started a Bible school there called, uh, we called it New Life uh, Bible School. And where we were giving, like, it is written Bible studies. We had Bible yeah, studies from other stuff. organizations yeah. that were being given there, um, free materials for, for people. And it was just, it was fantastic. So now I want to ask you, let's
0: go back yeah. even even further. Yeah, I know okay. your dad's a pastor, a retired pastor now. That's right. Uh, did you ever ever feel like you were going to follow in your dad's footsteps and, and get into pastoral ministry? Or was that never God's calling in your life? Or you, didn't, you didn't feel like that was the way to go? You know, the
1: interesting thing is I never thought of myself as being a pastor. I was almost more the the behind-the-scenes. I loved to help do stuff. I never wanted the, I don't know, the limelight or to be in front of people necessarily all the time. Um... So instead he ends up on radio in front of thousands of people yeah. in one shot. more, more people now. And yeah. the funny thing now is we'll bring a pastor on the radio. Sometimes they get nervous. Isn't they the said, funniest oh, thing. oh, all these people are listening to yeah. me. And I'm like, you know,
0: it's okay. So what's happening it's when you're standing thing. in the pulpit, pastor? They, oh, maybe they're not listening to you. Exactly,
1: yeah. exactly. So, you know, there I was on Guam for about a couple years there. We, we got the station going. It was going great. And then the Lord, as you know, sometimes from time to time, he'll call us to another place. Oh, yeah. And so this time the Lord called me then over to um, Modesto, California, to a station called KADV uh, Mm -hmm. that was playing some great programming there, very similar to what we were doing on the island of Guam. And so we started working there and, again, making the emphasis of using the model of Christ. If Christ was successful with what he did, how did he do it? Yeah, right. He met people where they were at. He tried to meet their needs. He tried to uh, provide programs and different things that were, you know, that were designed to meet where they were at. And so what we did with the radio is we tried to incorporate that same thing. So we need to have programs on finance. We need to have programs on Bible study to dig deeper. We need to have stuff for kids. Sure. We need to have prayer time. We need to have um, um, counseling time. We need all kinds of things so that people can be reached. And so we started that. We changed the programming a little bit, just adjusted it because they already had a great program there. And uh, and little bit by little bit, um, the community, everybody just started to rally behind. Things started to grow and grow and grow and grow. So um, it's just amazing. As each step goes, you know, how God continues to guide.
0: Hey, what I'm interested in is this, you know, your calling wasn't to pastoral ministry, but it was very clearly to ministry and broadcast ministry and media ministry. You, you, you mentioned going to Guam where the, the, the Christian radio station played classical music, which you know, I find hilarious and, and tragic all at the same time. And there's some good pieces. I, I enjoy some of the you know, Boston Pops and some other ones that are great. Man, I love classical you know, music. Yes. But if I have, if I have, a, if I have a, a tower broadcasting to the world, I want to share the gospel.
1: But the you know. challenge we found, and it's not to knock, because I, I know there's some beautiful pieces of classical, and I always try to stress that with listeners or, or with oh, the sure, viewers. No, no doubt. Wonderful pieces that God definitely, I mean, d- helped the, the composers yeah, to put yeah, together. Yeah. But when I'm trying to use it as a broadcaster to bring people to Jesus, oh, sure. I never found that to really connect. No, you've got to go after um, people with the gospel. I, you know, Give you have to, to respond which to. is exactly back to what the Bible says. When Jesus is
0: lifted up, yeah. he draws people to himself. So this is my question for you. Yeah. So you, you weren't the pastoral minister. You go to the, the classical music Christian station and you flip it and you started doing something overtly evangelistic. Mm-hmm. Where'd that come from? There was something within you that said, I see a radio station. I see a population we're going to use the one to reach the other where was that drive born i think probably uh just
1: growing up i guess as a pastor's kid uh, and and just seeing jesus as as, you know my true friend um, and that he's really there not to keep us out of heaven he's trying to draw us in oh sure and he's working so hard to do everything and then you look at the opportunities that god's provided that i mean our grandparents great grandparents could have only wished the technologies that are available today oh, yeah. you know from all the stuff we have from smartphones to satellites to you name it and to utilize and harness that for the gospel you know so the passion was growing i think as i was growing up as a child um i just didn't know where god was focusing it you know in there so when i get to college and i start to dabble in this area of radio which i had no idea now mind you my dad had done some television work before and he'd done some other things but that was him you see (laughs) that was him so for me i was more of a shy person at the time you know coming up to the point of college i would say my girlfriend and then wife uh, helped me to become less shy, and of course now she's usually waiting on me to finish, you know, talking sometimes. <laughs> but that's all good. But it was just a passion, I think, that developed, especially there, I think, at the college radio station under the leadership that was there at the time, the management. Uh, you may know the gentleman that uh, Steve Astownit, He was our general manager of the station at the time very godly man yeah has worked in various parts of the country that's right broadcasting and done a fantastic job and so seeing things through his lens and what he was showing and we were just students learning it developed a passion for radio is not just radio but radio for evangelism absolutely radio that can touch hearts with answers today you know with if you're stressed if you're feeling afraid If you're going through some, some terrible, uh, challenge in your life and just to realize that God already has the answer for you. Yeah. If you're just willing to open the pages, if you're willing to listen to the music or listen to the speaker, uh, or watch the program, you know, whatever it is that if you can just allow yourself to be, um, Captivated by what God has to offer for you, your whole life can be transformed.
0: And now you find yourself leading, running a radio network called Life Talk Radio, which has a global reach thanks to the wonders of technology. Quickly, how did you wind up at Life Talk Radio?
1: Well, our founder Paul Moore had started Life Talk back in uh, the early days of 1992 in a little town or little area called Yakima, Yakima, Yakima Washington. Washington. I don't know if you've been there, sure. but uh, far from where we are currently mm-hmm. sitting here in this yeah. chair. But he had a vision very similar in some ways of harnessing technology, using this technology to actually grow and be able to go out and, uh, and reach people. So he started this station uh, in KSOH in Yakima, Washington, with the goal, really, of just reaching that local area. But he started to talk it up with people. And soon, family members and others started to hear in other states. So they said, well, if we get a station, how can we get what you're playing? Right. So then they had a challenge. How do we get it there? So they said, we'll we'll have to go satellite. Ooh, sound like big stuff. Of course, back then it was, you know. It was pretty big stuff. It was big stuff, and it still can be big stuff today. Um, But they went ahead with God's providing. They stepped forward in faith, and God opened the doors for them to get onto satellites. So they were able to then reach another station in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. So then they had KSOH. They had another one in Ellensburg, Washington and uh and then of course albuquerque and those were some of the beginning stations that formed what we know of today as life talk radio and
0: notice this too it took vision yes somebody who said didn't wait for a church to a church leader to say we need need to do this uh someone with vision said we're going to make this happen and then there were other people other people other people and so there are numerous churches today who've who've found frequencies and said we gotta reach our community. It's about this vision that God placed on people's hearts, people responding to say, let's do something evangelistic and really meaningful here.
1: And I smile at what you're saying, vision, because back when I was a college student, I was hearing about that very thing wouldn't it be something if there was a satellite and we had the ability to have a network of stations that would share the gospel message and that was back when i was in college and so it's interesting how the lord takes us through different pathways and then suddenly i'm called to join life talk radio in uh, 2001 so paul moore had been he says i i want you to be here i want you to help us out and at the time it was for helping with training because if uh, if you remember in the past, the FCC opened up some windows, the Federal Communication Commission, uh, some application windows to allow community groups and others to be able to actually file for a free license in their community, yeah. for their community. Yeah. And you know there's only so many licenses available. So, um, so they were starting to get ready for that process to happen in early 2001 and 2002. So all of a sudden, I'm brought in to be a trainer. Why? Because all of a sudden, people from church groups all across the country, community groups, are saying, "Hey, I'm uh, uh, I'm into I'm a ham operator. I'm a doctor. I'm a this. I'm a that. But I love Jesus, and I want to have something in my community. So if I go and put this money down for a station, I don't have 168 hours to fill it all. Can you guys provide the programming? Mm. Tell me how to do this. Mm. So then there was this area of we needed training." So, uh, so I came in and basically I was a teacher. So then I, we had people that were actually coming at that time and you actually visited our studios and recorded in there sure. in Von Or Tennessee at the time. And uh, we had people that came and, uh, and actually would come for the training sessions. And so we would go from everything. Now we had all kinds of people, people who had never worked with computers very much. you know. But we felt like with the power of God, if there's a willingness... We would work and we would help them learn, and so uh, we actually did that with a lot of groups. People would fly in. We would do the training. We would, from uh, announcers, spot recording. You know your PSAs, public service announcements. Your, um, you know your legal IDs that you're required by the FCC for the station. And then, uh, okay, so you have this automation system. Now what? You know, <laughs> you know this play. You know the carts that play, yeah. and what's going to go? How is it going to interact with Lifetalk, the network, and how, what do we need to do as the local people here in our area? And uh, even getting fancy later with doing weather forecasts and you know maybe traffic and other stuff. But we tried to stick to the whole goal, was to be this light of Jesus Christ in your community from the tower where you were.
0: Absolutely exciting. You know, I love media evangelism. I love radio. That's where I cut my teeth. And to hear the story of how a radio network was unfolding to take Christ to the nation and the world, wonderful. We'll be back with more in just a second. Here is John Helley, and I am John Bradshaw. This is our conversation. Thank you for being part of it. We'll be right back. I'm John Bradshaw from It Is Written, inviting you to join me for 500 nine programs produced by It Is Written taking you deep into the Reformation. This is the 500th anniversary of the beginning of the Reformation, when Martin Luther nailed his 95 Theses to the door of the Castle Church in Wittenberg, Germany. We'll take you to Wittenberg, and to Belgium, to England, to Ireland, to Rome, to the Vatican City, and introduce you to the people who created the Reformation, who pushed the Reformation forward. We'll take you to sites all throughout Europe where the Reformers lived and in some cases died. We'll bring you back to the United States and take you to a little farm in upstate New York and show you how God spread the Reformation here. Don't miss 500. You can own the 500 series on DVD. Call us on 888-664-5573 or visit us online at itiswritten.shop. Welcome back to Conversations. My guest is John Helly. He is the manager and the director of Life Talk Radio, a Christian radio network sharing Jesus across these United States and around the world. A few moments ago, John, you were in Vannore, Tennessee, training, bringing people up to speed as folks were were hatching radio stations from sea to shining sea. That's
1: right. It
0: had to be something that happened between then and now. So, well, lots of Catch exciting things. So, uh, just looking at
1: that, um, uh, so right at the beginning when the FCC was opening up those windows for those new station opportunities lifetalk radio had grown from the one station of ksoh all the way to 12 stations okay and so there was a, that was included some that we owned and some that were just affiliates and so at that point we begin with low power stations now 2001 2 3 4 5 okay are starting to add in so we start to have 50 stations and then soon there's 75 stations and so then we get up to the point where um, in 2011, we're now up to 70 stations, okay, uh, the affiliate stations around the c- country and outside the U.S. as well. We have places like northern uh, uh, England or northern London area. Sure. We have... Um, I, rem- I remember that station. Yes, uh, places in Australia that are picking up some programs from us. Uh, uh, we also have um, other places in Africa. Okay, also picking up in some of the English territories, picking up some signals. Because we're hearing from them, they're calling us say, hey, we found this free signal where your yeah. station is on here, broadcasting in Africa. So what began as just a local station, then grows to a small group of stations, then that grows completely around the world. And so today we have over 200 plus stations yeah, that are fantastic. carrying the gospel message 24 hours a day. And... Um, And it's just been exciting. So different things we've been doing. When I started in 2011, uh, we basically just had a website with a web stream, you know, and we were broadcasting. Uh, We were on satellite, of course, on Galaxy 19. And uh, we started to realize that technology, just like all of us are realizing, is advancing and changing constantly. Oh, yeah. And so we needed to not only think of going in the direction of just... um, uh, over the air broadcasts by satellite, but how could we continue to reach people where they're at with the tools and the devices they want to use? Sure. So you begin to see the whole influx, and I know you guys at it is Written did the same thing, uh, where we start to have apps mm-hmm. coming up. So we have our mobile apps created for Live Talk for both the iPhone, the Android. That was really exciting. Uh, getting onto Roku, which had 20 million, uh, you know, distribution at the time. And then uh, got a, one of those radio newspapers came through, and I was reading through the newspaper, and it was telling me that that um, the smart speaker systems—you know, these are the Google Homes that we know of now, and Alexa, Alexa and, and all so those forth. kinds of things. Yeah. By 2022, we're going to be in 94 million households. And of course, I was reading this about seven years ago. So I said, "Oh, we need to be there." Yeah. So immediately, we launched into getting those apps created, all those kinds of things. And uh, it has just been amazing to see the stages at which we've been able to grow things, continuing with the same programming that we're doing, but just getting out to more people in, in various ways.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm hearing you talk about you've got to create an app and you want to catch up with this technology. And, and one thing about it is none of it's free. So true. And every <laughs> time you want to take advantage of a ministry opportunity, you've got to write a check, you know flip out that credit card, it's, it, and it's ministry money. So yeah. how is Life Talk Radio funded? And, and if somebody wants to be part of this, what do they do? Well, Life Talk Radio is funded uh, through a
1: uh, joint effort with listeners, uh, the church, and also we have people who sponsor programs. And all together, the Lord blesses it and makes it go forward, and that's how we've been able to be on the air all these years. From the first moments of 1992, I don't think all of those folks then
0: could realize all that Life Talk would become. The growth has been fantastic. It has. But have we plateaued? Are Mm -hmm. we growing? What do you see coming? We see um, the the distribution
1: over all places, all all sources. Uh, So we see people still listening to traditional radio. Some people will ask me that so we actually went and checked on the research and george barna okay who's this wonderful researcher who comes out with these things he is still saying as of last year that more people are listening to
0: radio than any other medium isn't that a funny thing because now of course people who listen to music they're getting it from their streaming services many um but all of the statistics say that radio is still not just a thing but a big thing and maybe even a growing thing. It is. Why do you think that radio has retained this this place in the media landscape when, I mean, seriously, there's so much more competition now for radio type services. Podcasts are just radio, mm-hmm. you know, it's just radio by exactly. another name. In, in the good old days when people gathered around the radio, they listened to podcasts, is really mm-hmm. what they were. It's a radio program. But radio has held its place, it's held its own. Mm-hmm. Why is that?
1: I, I think it's the personal. It's it's the the, the words that you use that describe things that allows the imagination to grow. Um, one of the things I'll be mentioning, and well, I'll mention it right now. We we started the kids network. Okay, so we yep. have not only our regular primary life talk network, but we kept having listeners asking, you know. The times for the kids is at the time when my kid is still in school because we're a network, you know. So there's all yeah. these time zones and around yeah. the world, there's you know while we're sleeping, somebody's awake on the other side of the earth. They want something for their kids, so we eventually worked and teamed and partnered together with a lot of groups, and we have not only our regular website, lifetalk.net, but we also have lifetalkkids.net. Yeah.
0: Fantastic.
1: And what do we have on stuff for kids? We have all kinds of stuff. We have your your story, you know, yeah, your, your story, story hour. hour. We have the Bible and living sound. Yeah. We have programs on science, on nature, on all kinds of stuff, stuff I would have wished I could have had oh, when yeah. I was a kid. And, and I'll say you this, know.
0: you know, any, any Christian family that's smart will get their kids' stories to listen to. Mm-hmm. You know, come on, what's the, anyway, there's these great, your story out, for example, yeah. is, is one good example of that. Because what it does is instead of looking at some d- dumb computer cartoon, Uh, They're not all dumb, but the dumb ones are dumb. Uh, You're you're involving a child's imagination. That's the case. They're seeing, they're listening, they're thinking, they're processing, they're inquiring. It's just good for them. We would drive to church when we lived in North Carolina many years ago and listen to, I don't know, some Christian radio network, and they would have the kids' songs on. It was perfect for driving to church. Some of those songs we may still remember today, and the kids are engaged. They're not just zoning out. Uh, I'm not saying radio is the be-all and the end-all, but boy, it's a great thing. So to get your kids plugged into lifetalkkids.net and give them something wholesome, character-building. Character-building. You know, points,
1: points you to Christ, but comes at it from different angles, from yeah. different stories. You know, some are dramas, some are um, uh, you know, stories that, that, that are uh, you know, designed for the really young kids, and then there's other ones that are more for adults. Um, you know, we have, I mean, Lamplight or Theater. We yeah, have yeah, Adventures yeah. in Odyssey. Some of these that are just fantastic. They've been around, but they're still being created. Yeah. They're growing. And I've got to say And, this, and people love them.
0: And it is written. We're big on children's ministries. We have My Place with Jesus, our mm-hmm. children's ministry. We've, we've written Bible studies for kids. We, we've just developed a, a, a Buried Treasure, a child a children's evangelism program. But why? Several reasons. The main reason is because you've got to introduce kids to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so you're at home, and you may or may not have a whole lot of resources on hand for kids. I would say read good books to your kids. Read the Bible with your kids. But in those those other moments, man, what are you letting your kids rot their brains watching that for when they could be listening to lifetalkkids.net? It's a great resource. The this
1: is, the studies are out there, and you know I'm not a, I don't pretend to be a doctor, but there's there's research that is out there. If you just take the time as a parent, to show the hours that a child spends watching TV, the oh, cartoons, yeah. especially those that don't do anything oh, for you. you. There's some good TV and there's yeah, but, others. But you that's know, garbage. And, and you just spend that. Sometimes it's babysitting time. People yeah. are so busy and you know there may not be a lot of options. We're trying to say there are options. Great option. There's 24 hours a day, lifetalkkids.net. You just go there and you don't have to be worried about profanity. You right. don't have to be worried about some innuendo. Your kid's going to learn something that's really strange or whatever. It's all about Jesus, character building, but real stories that you and I would enjoy. Now, I say it's true because I have a ten-year-old son.
0: Ah. You see, so
1: he's sort of our test. Yeah, you know, he's the. Canary If he says, "Dad, you know, I don't, I, you know, this isn't flying," you know, sure. you, you know, I appreciate you, but it's not. No, he's on there like every morning before I even come out of. You know, can we listen? Or he's already turned it on. He turns he's it on tell Alexa. You something? Yeah, yeah. He, and he turns it on and he, li- oh, he turns listens. It on Alexa.
0: Yeah, you can say Alexa Life Talk Radio Kids. So you and you would say up. Alexa
1: Play Life Talk Kids. No no kidding. And it comes right up, and and it'll start playing. Exactly. And the same for Life Talk Radio, the regular channel. Alexa, play Life Talk Radio, and it comes right on. And, uh, of course, you can add the skill, you know, on your cell phones to make it work. Um, but you were talking about what is it about radio and, yeah. and that it not, it's not dying. Well, sure. it, it's because it's really morphing, okay? People still want to be connected to their radio voice. They still want to hear all these good things, but they may not want to hear it or they aren't able to because of where they're located to hear it off the radio tower. So what you've done by radio, radio's still there, but radio is just much more. It's over the Internet. It's satellite. It's through your phone. It's through a web thing it's podcast it's all of these things you know what I, learned, what
0: I learned years ago in some little southern town i was conducting an evangelistic meeting i'd, I'd never seen this before i'd be visit in somebody's home it's two o'clock in the afternoon and they've got this you know that this television by now probably pretty old-fashioned but a mile wide and half a mile high this gigantic thing and there's no pro they're playing the radio on their tv i mean it's just the speakers you know it's just it's just the outlet but in the middle of the day I'm I'm seeing here um yeah people would do this. It's radio, they're just they're just using a different technology mechanism to play their radio. So whether it's on a smartphone or on a laptop or via Alexa, the medium is powerful. Here's what I believe, John. I believe that there are a lot of people, even Christians, who who undervalue or fail to recognize the power of radio and the power and the effectiveness effectiveness of christian radio something like life talk radio maybe because their mind is not in that game maybe because they don't consume their radio it's it's out of sight out of mind but i think it's really important to remind people it's a great resource mm-hmm. and lives are being changed and people are being touched and i think this might be an opportunity for me to ask you about this with life talk radio what are you seeing it's one thing to send it out mm-hmm. you could broadcast all day long until you're blue in the face and the question is so what life talk radio doesn't exist so that you can play stuff on the radio it exists so that people can meet jesus exactly so walk us through that what are you experiencing what are you hearing back from the listeners
1: i mean it just year after year we receive uh, emails we receive letters we receive texts okay messages um, of people so thankful that they found us yeah and that's one of the biggest challenges and i hope your, your viewers can help us out as well is uh just the awareness to take the opportunity to let people know about it is written and about Life Talk Radio. Sure. Let them know about these wonderful resources, our Life Talk Kids, because half the challenge is that, as you know, it costs a lot of money yep. to pierce the, the, the ceiling, if you will, of all the media that's out there. you know. And if it's a political year or if it's a, another time, some of those other good things are getting squashed under oh, yeah. all of that kind of news. And yet it's what the people need the most when they're feeling distressed during this time we've had with COVID yep. and other challenges. You know, knowing that it's going to be okay, that God is working with you, that um, God has a plan and that there's hope. And so we've seen a lot of testimonies. We've actually enjoyed uh, baptisms as well.
0: Yeah, amen.
1: It's coming in. Look, and, I, I just
0: pulled my phone out to look at a text that I got yesterday, I think. Absolutely. Google searches for hope and prayer peak while Party and festival slump. I don't know where that's from. There's an article attached that I've not looked at yet, but that's what a friend sent me, a colleague. People are now searching for hope, searching for uh, about prayer. That's the official thing. And and here is a a media ministry circling the globe with tons of hope. Yeah. It's like
1: God positioned us at such a time as this. You know, I, I, I think about it. We had no idea that this COVID, you and I, nobody, yeah. we had no idea yeah, this was coming. coming. Yeah. And, uh, and suddenly we had to pivot and be quick about reaching people in a way we were already there. It's oh, just yeah, people, suddenly, there. people suddenly came to us and said, oh, there's programming on how to boost my immune system. Yep. We have great doctors. In fact, before I forget this, let me share a little card here that I wanted to also share. This is uh, taking off. It's called Take Charge of Your Health, hey, just like you guys. Look at that. And many of the people that you guys have had here on the on the programs here on It Is Written. Oh, yeah, okay, the we have Dr. Markham. David DeRose. David DeRose. Jim Markham.
0: These are our friends.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, it's Dr. Hans Deal. Yeah. Okay. There's a Lifestyle Magazine with Roy Gaines. Sure. Okay. All these guys have been presenting wonderful information instead of being fearful with all the health concerns. How about let's boost up with jesus that's right let's boost up with exercise amen the eight laws of health you know water sunshine all the rest exercise and as we incorporate these things in we feel better when we feel better we can move forward we don't have to live in a prison of fear that's right you know because god says fear not for i am with you be not dismayed
0: it's one of the things that i find very disappointing about the pandemic is that while people are talking about the, the protective measures, the uh, reactive measures. Yeah. There's been precious little spoken about the proactive measures, which is why we've done Take Charge of Your Health, and I know you aired that on Life Talk yes, Radio. Yes, glad to do so. Why don't you, it's bad enough, so why don't you do something to give yourself a better chance? Yeah. T- tilt the playing field in your direction and follow these eight natural laws and so forth, the sort of things that you're, you're talking so, about on Life Talk Radio. Yes,
1: yeah, so, so more people have been tuning in because they're looking for information. So we did some Google ads, okay? The highest ads that are getting reached are the ones dealing with how to boost my immune system, all the health stuff, because people are interested. Okay, They want to learn. So practical things. Again, back to God's model. Jesus was so practical. He met people where they were at. So a lot of people have lost their, their jobs yeah. this past year. So we have programs dealing with finance. What to do? How to, how to deal with a situation where you've lost your job? How to get back engaged in the market? Um, these are all great programs. We have programs, financial programs like Money Wise. We have uh, programs that deal with counseling. Okay? When you don't have a job, it's very hard when somebody says, yeah, you should go get some counseling to deal with that. Oh, sure. And you don't have the money to yeah. do some. So have. we have a free program, if you will, from our friends from uh, New Life Live, New Life Ministry like with this. Steve Artiburn. Do a great job with reaching people where they're at, the struggles they're going through, providing them a hope. And then we connect them with other resources uh, that, uh, like Abide Ministry and some of the other ones that are helpful.
0: Yeah, you were right. When the pandemic struck and people were looking for answers, Live Talk Radio was already positioned to share because it's what you're already doing. I know in recent times your family's had a difficult personal challenge. So in just a moment, we'll talk about that. Here's John Helly. This is our conversation. Thanks for being here. We'll be right back. You know that at It Is Written, we are serious about the study of the Word of God, and we encourage you to be serious about God's Word also. Well, I want to share with you another way that you can dig deeper into the Word of God, and here it is, itiswritten.study. Go online to itiswritten.study, and you can access the It Is Written Bible Study Guides. 25 in-depth Bible studies that will walk you through the Bible. It's going to be good for you, and it's the sort of thing that you will want to tell somebody else about so that they can dig deeper into the Word of God and come to know the things of the Bible intimately. As you get into the It Is Written online Bible study guides, you'll understand the prophecies of the Bible, the plan of salvation, and more. So don't forget, itiswritten.study. It is written dot study. Welcome back to Conversations. My guest is John Helly, who is the manager and the director of Life Talk Radio, a network of radio stations that is sharing Jesus with the world via good old-fashioned radio, web-based radio, Alexa, I mean, if you can mention it technologically, you can be pretty certain that Lifetalk Radio is there. You can find Lifetalk Radio anywhere online, LifetalkRadio.net, Life Talk Radio Kids. Radio Kids or Lifetalk Kids,
1: Lifetalkkids.net. Yeah,
0: there you go. But if you go to LifetalkRadio.net, you're gonna find the whole thing there anyway. John, two, three, four years ago, and, and I honestly don't even remember how long, many of us were just our hearts stopped. When we heard that your family had endured one of those personal tragedies that you typically think never going to happen to you, and you hope would never happen to anybody, why don't you take me to that day and tell me what happened? That's right.
1: Um, yeah, it was. You know, you always think it's going to be somebody else, but uh, it was actually uh, November twenty-four of two thousand fifteen. Two thousand fifteen. Two thousand fifteen. Yeah, um, we were helping our um, my in laws with uh, a tree that needed to be taken down on a property that was near them, and the tree was close to the house and so forth. And um, so my in laws, they just you know loved our, the grandchildren, you know, and they were here and having such a great time. And my daughter's name is Deborah, and my son Caleb, they were both having a great time that day, just like any other kids, and and um, helping out, and they wanted to watch you know, what was going on and, and, and taking place uh, with taking down this tree. And uh, my father-in-law, he's, he cleared his land, so if he says the tree should go here or it should go there, the tree always goes that place. Sure. I mean, it's just, you know, he's good at what he does, right. and he, he does a good job my, with my that. My father-in-law was
0: the same. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah.
1: he just knew he could cut stuff. You know, I was always one. I'd cut and make sure he was there to, you know, give That's me right. the the extra support since I don't do that every day. So we were there and, um, you know, we saw, you know, the tree, you know, that uh, he was working on and stuff. And, and the kids wanted to see stuff. So we said, okay, you know, he built, my father-in-law built this house that was made out of concrete because he used to live in another part of the, the country or the world where there was typhoons and things that would come through and just destroy your house. So he had built himself a nice, strong house. And so we just had the kids, okay, go around the side of the house where you're protected in a nice, protected area so that you'll be safe and you can watch from there. So uh, long and the short of it is is that uh, this particular tree um, was heading in a certain direction that he was cutting it, was going to go in a certain direction, and it didn't. All of a sudden, at the last moment, there's a pop. And then... It shifts like 45 degrees. Mm. It, it literally moves and shifts. So then that tree begins to come down. And it was the outer branches of that tree that struck both my kids, just struck them down to the ground. And in that moment, all I could say was, kids, run. You know, um, you, in hindsight, you think, wow, I wish I could have said this or I could have said that, mm. something else. You know, you, you, you wish you could run fast enough because what are, was it a parent supposed to do? You're supposed to be there, you know, to save your kids and help them, protect them. And they were in a place that should have been protected. And yet the tall branches that went way far out of the tree were enough to reach the kids and, and smack them down. So I rush over there, and I see that my son is moving a little bit. So I figured, well, I'd let him be. And uh, and goes directly to my daughter, Deborah, because she wasn't moving. So I, I start to call her, and I said, Deborah, you know, I'm here. Daddy's here, you know. And uh, I realize that I'm not hearing any response back. And so I immediately lifted her up and carried her into the house. And... Um, And I had my wife call 911 immediately, and uh, she still had her eyes sort of open, but there was just not much response. And so um, in the shortness of time, uh, the um, ambulance came really not too, it wasn't much time before they came, and then uh, a helicopter was summoned because they said her situation was so grave that they would have to fly her out, that putting her in an ambulance to take her all the way into Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, would not, uh, work out the best. So, um, so they quickly rushed my, uh, son off. And then my daughter was actually for a little portion of time carried from the house there to the uh, nearby elementary school where they could actually land a helicopter because right. it's all woods where we were. And, uh, in that area, uh, they put her inside the helicopter and. They flew her, and then we were just driving behind the, the ambulance where our son was all the way to the hospital, and, of course, just praying and praying, you know. And uh, and that's when our our world just totally was changing. Uh, we were hoping against hope. We got to the hospital. They did everything they could. Um, but then, as these things sometimes happen, they came and they said, you know, we have to let you know that... that uh, We've done everything we can, but uh, we we can't bring her back. And so we have to get the permission to turn off the machines that are keeping her going. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were just a month away from my dad, who had been studying with my daughter for uh, many months, was going to baptize her in our local church. And she was just excited because she had just really realized who Jesus was, yeah. that Jesus was her best friend, that Jesus loved her so much, and she was excited that Grandpa was going to baptize her. Yeah. So we're there, and we, the machines have stopped. My dad has arrived with my mom, who had Parkinson's, and she's in a wheelchair at that point in time. And so they invite us to come up to the room where she's at to say goodbye, you know. And so we get up there, and my dad says, you know, could we have a prayer And so we all, the medical staff around everybody, we surrounded the bed there with Deborah. And uh, he had this amazing prayer. And I said later on to Dad, I said, Dad, do you realize that it was almost like a baptismal prayer or something? Uh, Because you blessed her in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you know. And uh, boy, that was just a tough day for us you know. Um, the memorial service was just a few days later. We actually traveled over to my where my son was. He was at Children's Hospital at that point, mm-hmm. because after my daughter's passing at UT Medical Center, we what, went over to...
0: Was Caleb always going to be okay? Or was, was there some real danger there?
1: Caleb had been struck so hard that he was having a hard time breathing, and he had of some ribs that had cracked mm. that were near where the uh, lungs were. And so they were wanting to make sure that he was going to be okay. So he was doing better, much better, but they had to keep him there for a few days at Children's Hospital. And this was during Thanksgiving. So um, it was quite an amazing time, though, to see how our time there with um, at the hospital w- was uh, quite amazing. the the testimony, I guess, that our church members and people who came to visit left Mm. an impact Mm. on the lives of our healthcare workers there at the hospital. Uh, We had many of them come up to us and say, um, you know, we've not seen this kind of level of support and love, you know, for someone in in this way, you know, for your son and stuff. And uh, are all these people, you know, uh, are just friends, and I said, Oh yes, i'm um, friends, church members, people are over, and so they were just amazed at you know at the support that our church gave to us and uh, and they saw how much you
0: know love we had for each other you know I don't mean to intimate that it hasn't been difficult, and one thing I find that challenges me with people who grieve is that this tendency to say i'm doing bad because I'm crying or I'm doing really well, I haven't fallen apart in a day or two. And of course that's screwy thinking because the the fact that you're stoic doesn't necessarily mean you're doing well, it may mean that you're dysfunctional. But what's truly astonishing is that at least it appears from my limited vantage point that you and Tammy, your faith has never wavered. You've never given any, any inkling that, that, that you've, you've, you've had anything but a settled and abiding faith in God. Now, I don't know if that is so, but I suspect that's so. So my question is, what kept you up? What held you up? What held you together where something like this will destroy some families? You know, sure. just destroy families. Sure. But the Helly family, I mean, who knows, but as strong as ever, maybe stronger i know that i know that i know the pithy answer well god was our strength that's not a bad answer it's a good answer but but it's easy it's the easy throwaway answer where'd all the strength come from and 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 the dumb question how do you get through this because this is what how does anyone get through this no
1: it's not a dumb question and and you know before i lost deborah i didn't understand the level of grief and pain people go through when you lose a child um Frankly, I, I didn't know how I was going to be able to continue to work. Yeah, um, I, I didn't it, know. It was, I didn't know that either. It, it was so overwhelming. You know, I'm still running. You know, Life Talk Radio. Yeah. We're a small staff. I remember the pastor saying, "Well, John, is there someone else who can take care of your duties?" And at that time, we didn't. We have a few more people now, but at that time, we didn't have a lot of people. And I said, Pastor, it's me. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> yeah. There's no one else no to one turn one else. to here. It's me. Um, but, you know, that was also a blessing to still be useful and do things. So yeah, I wasn't sure. just sitting at home in, in total despair. Yeah. But I remember turning to my wife and, and part of me just wanted to, uh, you know, run in the closet or something and just hunker down and not, not go out and see anybody. You know, just, just this is terrible. I, I yeah. can't understand this. The level of grief was such a depth that I had never experienced or even knew I could experience. And uh, so at that moment, when I was talking to my wife, I said, well, honey, I said, I feel like, you know, this coming Sabbath, we just need to be, we need to go to church. Of course, there was the memorial service that Sabbath, but we actually went to church that morning. And, uh, and, we, and we kept going each week to church. Why? Because our church was so loving. It was so, so supportive. And, uh, and that's where I felt I had a lot of strength. You know, mm-hmm. God was giving mm-hmm. me strength, but God uses people, tangible sure. people to strengthen you. He doesn't, you know, he gives his word that can strengthen us. And then he gives flesh, you know, uh, real people to come alongside you. And we had many people that that wrote to us, that called us on the phone, that reached out to us. And all of that helped us in our, quote, making it through this this crazy, terrible uh, tragedy, Um and so, yeah, we just basically put one foot in front of the other and, and try to uh, rely on the Bible was true yesterday, the Bible is still true today, Amen. and it's still true tomorrow. God yeah. is going to carry us through. And we aren't the only ones that have lost a child. We're feeling very rotten right now and very devastated but look, we just start looking around, and there's countless thousands of people who have lost a child, yeah. lost a, a husband or a wife to some cancer or something else. And, uh, and so what it, looking at it from now, John, I, I feel like I can understand people more who are going through things sure. that are very difficult yep. um, in, in those areas, especially when Tammy and I, my, my wife and I, we hear... Of something happening to a child, it instantly hits a spot right there in the heart. Shoot. I mean, it just—it's like, what can we do to help? Yeah. How can we help you through this process? Because we know how bad it is, you know. And uh, and, and little bit by little bit, God started to use this to form another little, if you will, side ministry. Um, because the part of the process of beginning help was also realizing what i had and not just trying to power on through you know as men we someday mm. well we're just gonna you know yep. you know stiff put up a lip. stiff upper lip and we're gonna just challenge through this and we're gonna make it. no you can't just challenge through this and it's not a weekend event that's going to solve your problem um it's just saying lord i need your help and yeah. so i cried and my wife cried and we had days that were just blue and dark but through all of that, there was still the glow of God still being there. He's with us. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And he would show his ways through a beautiful sunshine or, or the, the, the rainbow or a card would come in the mail or somebody would say something, you know, at church or I'd hear a message on life talk radio as I'm working there. Yeah. Be blessed by somebody's message. And so, um, the ministry that we were able to start on the side was also, um, A grief share ministry because we got involved with one that really helped us the people just loved on us took care of it so we eventually actually started that in our local church at knoxville fantastic and uh so god blessed blessed in doing that and so now we go and we help others who have lost children lost a spouse we're involved in doing that COVID has put a little bit of a wrench but we even have done some of that with virtual uh virtual stuff through zoom and other means
0: you know I don't know where do you find the right words but um, you have given your life to sharing Jesus with others and when you needed him he was there for you which, every time, which every I time. find very powerful and uh, every day you go to work and it's all about sharing the same hope with others that got you through what has to be life's I don't know most challenging experience I would think
1: you know, one of the texts in the Bible I, I really, I just love, and I keep it now because I, I I visualize seeing my daughter in her mortal body coming back to life. Yeah. And all of our loved ones, think of a person that you haven't lost, that you love so much and oh, want to yeah. see him again oh, yeah. on resurrection morning. And I think the first uh, Thessalonians chapter four, you know, 13 through 18 there, where it talks about the dead in Christ shall rise. And then yeah. we who are alive are caught up to meet them in the air. And there's this glorious time where we're going to be there. So, yes, we have a lot of nasty that we're going to still go through between today and when Jesus comes. Yeah. But I would like to just let everybody know that the programming on Life Talk Radio and the programming on It Is Written that you're doing is all designed to help people connect with Jesus. Right. You know, and so, before I forget, just to remind people no, again... I'm not going to let you forget. Uh, ...of our kids network, lifetalkkids.net... Uh, Yep. We have all kinds of great programs. We have stuff for coloring books. We have stickers. Uh, we have sharing cards that are great, too, sharing cards for uh, encouraging people to um, actually witness. Yeah, yeah. so somebody so can take we have a sharing card and tools. share that with somebody else. Exactly, H- exactly. How can people
0: get them? They're
1: free on our website. You free. just go to lifetalk.net. There's all kinds of choices. Uh, you Matter to God with a scripture. There's other ones, like right now, with us with the cross mm. you find stickers that are just great for kids yeah, little stickers amen. bigger stickers you find pictures of kids what's on the backside tells yeah, you 24 nice. 7 streaming of nice. LifeTalk talk radio and uh, all kinds of stuff one of the special ones we just created here for the springtime philippians 3 1 may the lord give you joy
0: amen Amen. and
1: so all of these are available free and why do we do it because we want our listeners and our viewers to be active this is not a time to sit at home and say i hope somebody i hope pastor john here or that john helley from life talk will do all the work and share the gospel no this is a time to partner That's right. partner together That's right. where we can actually use these tools witnessing tools to let people know about Jesus.
0: Life Talk Radio is a fabulous ministry, a global media ministry, a a radio ministry. And today, radio means more than it's ever meant before. The more people who are blessed by it and tell others about it, the better off the world will be. We want to share the gospel, hasten the return of Jesus. He's coming back soon. We're going to get out of here. We're going to go home. And on that day, what what a reunion there's going to be. That's right. John Helley, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. It's been a blessing. Appreciate you and your time. Thanks so much. I hope you have been encouraged. Remember, lifetalkkids.net, lifetalkradio.net. From Lifetalk Radio, the manager and the director, he was John Helly. I'm John Bradshaw. This was our conversation.